This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. What's happening, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to Power Athlete Radio, episode 58. As always, we're going to bring you a great show. We got some kick-ass guests. Uh, we have Luke, Callie, and Tex from Power Athlete. How you guys doing? What's going on, Denny? Ahoy, hoy. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Is that like a new hello? <laughs> hello. He asked me how I was doing. Oh. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know what? We got uh, our favorite. Here we go. Trans, Transant Jacques Babre. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. I think I was going to go with like TJV. That's, That's what cool. we all call it. Okay. We're going to talk some TJV. We have uh, Rob Windsor and Hannah Jenner rejoining us. Thanks a lot, guys. How you doing? Great, thanks. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Awesome. So um, before we get balls deep into the conversation, no joke from Power Athlete HQ? Come on. No. No giggles, no nothing? All right. Uh, Before we get too deep into the conversation, um, it's been a while since we had you guys on the show, and maybe you can just kind of refresh your minds as to what um, the TJV is? Uh, well, the TJV is this race from France to Brazil, sailed by just two people on various different boats, but me and Rob were a team sailing it on a 40-foot boat, so it's a pretty extreme event, and uh, it can take anything from sort of 25 to 30 days of non-stop sailing. And that... Uh... The, the boat that you, the team that you race for is 11th hour racing, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of the ways that you prepared for um, a 30 day race like that was um, you were using CrossFit the last time that we spoke. Um, how did, how did that uh, training in that kind of domain, how did that uh transfer into your race because i'm assuming in the other races before then uh, you didn't use like crossfit as far as like a, a training system right in my case that's correct yes I, I didn't use anything really aside from going to the gym once in a while um prior to this race <clears throat> I never done CrossFit before. Um, I started doing it like about because just maybe a month before Rob came to England for the race, and then we we probably trained for what was it two months, Rob? Or was yeah, it about two months straight. And uh, CrossFit was, I think the the big the key thing with CrossFit is that obviously with sailing you've got to be really strong, but you also need to be able to move around and be kind of supple and have great core strength, almost have great gymnastic ability because you kind of bringing around a boat the whole time. You've got to be able to haul your body weight around quite easily. And CrossFit covers all of that. And it's different every day. So it's kind of 
it's really it's really been a fascinating journey and i'm still going to crossfit five six times a week i'm totally hooked i love it so i'm really glad that we got into it before before this race yeah. awesome I, I i i'm i'm didn't get as hooked as hannah and i am not still going um i probably should go um but i've been doing a lot of sailing and um uh been doing a lot of traveling so i've been having a tough time uh settling down and 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 finding a home but the thing about it i, I like the best is i felt really super strong but um i think the cool thing about crossfit and the the, the crossfit um box that we went to in in england was that they there's a lot of mental toughness involved in CrossFit as well, you know, about never quitting and kind of just, you know, giving it a, a thousand percent as long as you can. Um, and shorthanded sailboat racing is 90% mental. And, um, you know, being able to, to deal with the adversity of sailing on a boat for a month um, without stopping, uh, going to CrossFit really helped me physically, but also mentally as well. You know, that's, uh, that's important. Um, Luke or, you know, Callie or Tex in some of the conversations that we've had, uh, you guys have kind of said something similar, you know, um, as far as 90% of like the game or your given sport is mental. Um, is there, do you see any correlations as to what Rob's saying into like the power athlete, um, like training system? Yeah, we refer to it as a psychology discomfort. It's, you know, uh, being comfortable in an in extremely uncomfortable state. And really, you need to expose yourself to that stimulus to uh, to really start to appreciate it, right? And uh, I guess what people didn't realize is you can replicate that in the weight room. And it's something that we talk about at the seminar too. Like, you know, you have to temper that because really when you start talking about getting people uncomfortable in your CrossFit box or CrossFit gym, it's because you're you're blasting them with volume or something uh, that may not be the most effective way to drive adaptation for their training goals physiologically. But on the psychological side of it, you got to get people to be bulletproof, especially in a competitive environment and or uh let's say military or tactical environment because that's when the lives are on the line and uh i guess the more dangerous the sport the more you have to be able to make a lot a logical and rational decision when emotion and tempers are high right and uh callie jokingly calls this at the seminar you know we draw this inverse relationship we chart it where stress goes up logic goes down she calls it the chart the, what the diagram of a woman the diagram of a woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i guess uh, she can get away with it because she is uh, the, I'm uh, a woman <laughs> so we're told and uh, but you know it's 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 a saying like when's the last time you've made you've made a, an emotional decision, you know, in the sense that in the absent or in the, the height of emotions or, or stress in a stress environment, you may not make the most logical choice. And, uh, and there's merit to that. And we know that we can push that threshold out. So what Rob's saying is right on. And, uh, it, I can remember, uh, kind of first grasping the concept when I first got into CrossFit and it was more had to do with work. Because uh, I just thought, you know, you show up to work, you get there at 7.30, you leave at 5.30, and uh, life sucks. And that's what work's all about. And and I was able to handle with the stresses at, or deal with the stresses at, at my desk job when I first found CrossFit 
much better when I started training. And it was just like, this is like nothing compared to, uh, you know, like whatever would come across my desk or whatever problem someone would hit me with and be like, have you ever been in minute 26 of Murph or like minute 15 of Murph? Like it's nothing compared to that, you know? So you get that, that psychological discomfort and you start to push that threshold out and you're able to, you're just able to cope or manage or make rational decisions and kind of operate under pressure. So there's a, there's a lot of layers to uh, what Luke's saying. So stress is stress in the body, no matter if it's Murph or, you know, your, your girlfriend just dumped you or something goes on in your life. So your body physiologically responds to stress in the same way, whether it's exercise or just completely mental. So in that psychology discomfort, I, I love working with athletes that have to compete or military guys where there, there is a goal on the line. It's not just exercise more or less. It's not just uh, reaching that fitness goal. It's if you screw up, you're going to fall off the boat or if you screw up, you're going to get behind and you're going to have to work even harder and be more dialed in to make up that, that lag time in the race. Right. Now I'm doing more and more CrossFit and contemplating going to do my first competitions. It's like I'm taking from sailing that whole idea where you can't quit because you can't get off the boat. You're thousands of miles from anywhere. <laughs> so you've got to find a way around a problem. And if you're having a really bad time trying to fix something or just a general bad day, then you know, you've got to just take a deep breath and approach it differently. And so as I'm lifting heavier and heavier, sometimes when it gets heavy and I, I can't do something, particularly like cleans or my nemesis, if I, I'm trying to kind of use that sort of sailing skill and not make it become a mental block and get hugely frustrated by it and just sort of take a deep breath and think my way around it and keep going. Yeah, we were uh, we were discussing that last episode with uh, when John was was on the line. Uh, so, Hannah, I guess now that you're getting more engrossed in the, the CrossFit community, did you watch the CrossFit regionals events? Oh, yes. So our boss was actually did the commentating for the Southern California regionals. And uh, we were talking a bit about the just the kind of the psychology of that competition. And what I was surprised to see when we were the few minutes because we actually had a tent at ours. So we didn't get to watch. But when as I'm watching these streams, you know, an athlete may get no rent. OK, so there goes an emotional spike where uh, you feel that you're entitled to a rep and certain athletes reactions would be to stop look at the judge, question the rep, and spend time spend time that. with dealing with this emotional spike, whereas there were other athletes who would get no reps, and then they'd do another rep yeah. versus, you know, uh, completely abandoning their momentum given their expectation that it should have been a rep. And uh, that's what that kind of just barrel, barrel forward type of mentality, you know, it's funny that you said, like, we're on a boat. There's really no other option. We have to figure something out. You know, if, if you can keep that mindset, it, it allows you to kind of persevere through any of that adversity. It's fascinating. Just before I came back out to the U.S. three weeks ago, I went uh, with the team who was representing in England, CrossFit Solent, up to the big competition, Divided We Fall, and watched them uh, do their thing. And it was fascinating to see how each four oh, members responded and reacted to sort of when they did get some no reps and when they were about to go into another event and everything was hurting and how they dealt with it, like physically and psychologically. It was they did a good job. So did it, then did I overhear that you're thinking about competing in a CrossFit, like a local CrossFit event, Hannah? 
Yeah, I've actually, unfortunately, because of my travel schedule and sailing and stuff, I've missed out on a couple events back in England that I could have teamed up with uh, some of the girls and some mixed teams for, which is I'm really upset about. But um, I've joined a box here in Newport, Rhode Island, Force Newport CrossFit to try and sort of keep the training up. And then when I do get back to the UK, whenever that might be, um, I'm going to try and team up with some of the uh, some of the guys and girls from my box back there and start doing some competitions. You know, Luke and uh, uh, I think Luke and Tex are going to be heading over to England in a couple weeks. Yeah. For mm-hmm. a CrossFit football seminar. And yep. uh, they're, they're going to be out in Massachusetts in a few weeks as well. If you're still out in Rhode Island. Um, I mean, that's just not like an hour drive, but England. You could ever get a chance to, to attend like one of the CrossFit football seminars. I probably would try to do it. Um, oh, hands down, one of the best specialty seminars that CrossFit can, or, uh, you know, that they have to offer. Well, I'll I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with these guys. I'll coach you. Yeah, sure, you're not. Duncan Aljus from CrossFit Solent. He's a cr- CrossFit football coach. Oh, no kidding. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he's a super nice guy as well. I I I quite liked him. He was he really ran the the whole thing very well. Um, and he played football here in the states. So um, proper so when you American by, football. He gave you a nice pat in the butt. You were comfortable with that because. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was feeling good about myself, and it was all good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know what? I followed you guys for a while on Facebook when the race started, and um. If I remember correctly, there was a, um, you ran into some issues, right? There was some problems with the boat or you had to make some quick decisions, which I'm assuming is always, um, you know, you always got to kind of prepare for that, like the unknown, you know, CrossFit says like the unknown and the unknowable. Uh, Was there anything that really stood out that didn't seem to be, you know, like the common issues that you're going to run into on this last race? You go ahead and tell them, Han. Oh, God. Um, well, for a start, like, uh, the whole race start was delayed by a couple of days because the really bad weather. So you psych yourself up to start on a certain day, and then you get told, nope, not today, maybe tomorrow. No, nope, not today, maybe tomorrow. And then we could only sail for 36 hours, and we were forced to stop again because there was another big weather system. And then we finally got going, and about 36 hours after that start, we were sailing in uh, – um, just sort of in the Bay of Biscay and uh, heard a loud bang and part of the rigging had failed. And so sort of multiples of square feet of sail, which were meant to be up in the air, are suddenly in the sea. And it looked like maybe our whole race was over, you know, just 36 hours into it. So we pulled the sail out of the sea. We had to turn around, sail 150 miles back towards the French coast. And we decided that although we had every reason to quit, if we could fix it, we'd fix it and we'd get back out there. So we did that. So we had about a sort of 24, 30 hour behind everybody else by then because of the fix. We got back out. We were flying along, going really fast, confident that we'd be able to get back in the game because the race is 5,000 miles long. So, you know, you're far from out. Um, and just off of Spain, our sat comms all failed. So we had no way of receiving weather information or basically no way of communicating with the outside world. 
um, bar one satellite phone. So we we spoke with our sponsors at the 11th hour and explained the situation and said that it would be really hard to be competitive without having vital weather information. But because we were doing it for more than just the competition, we were doing it to see if we could sail all that way, you know, in an, in an environmentally friendly way. They were like, well, if you guys want to carry on and think you can, then you should. So we did, and we ended up sailing what amounted to 6,000 miles, basically with no communication with the outside world. But we did complete the environmental objective, so. Wow. Like navigating with the stars shit. Yeah, it's oh. old school. Right, going old school. <laughs> We still, we still had a GPS working, so we knew where we were. So we weren't quite that old school. We just couldn't necessarily put the boat in the most optimal place. So then you have to watch the rest of the fleet just make all the right decisions because they're informed while we're kind of sailing blind behind everybody else. And psychologically, that is super tough. It's kind of like having a GPS in your car and you look at it and on the screen and normally you'd look at it and there'd be streets on it and it would, you know, tell you make a right here and a left there and you can get to your destination. And we were just looking at a dot for us and a dot for where we wanted to go <laughs> with no street map is basically oh. what it's like. You, know, you could see how that could be really tough uh, just in a car and then to take it, you know, out into the middle of the ocean um, yeah, made it a little bit of a tough go. You know what I'm imagining is Callie utilizing that. Uh, I was just thinking about that. Like she, I have the map for her and I'll be like, take her right up here, right in 200 feet, 150, 100, 50, 20, 30, 10, zero. Like, like you gotta here? go right back there. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is that I, I already utilize the constellations, my knowledge of the constellations for travel, except the problem is it only works in the evening. So during the day, I'm completely useless. This doesn't lie. And no, it's 100% true. <laughs> wow, that's, that is a, that's impressive feat to say the least. The most awesome thing is that we had every reason in the world to fall out and hate each other and fight and let all the frustration of it all you know, really go wild because we're living in this teeny tiny little space. The boats are 40 feet long, but the living space is probably only like 15, 20 feet long. And in all that time with all of the stress and we still kept pushing and we only ever exchanged harsh words once. So for maybe two hours out of 30 days, we were a little grumpy. And apart from that, we managed to work through everything and we're still friends and we still talk to each other we just had dinner the other night so uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah it's kind of hard right. to believe it's like being you just you can't just leave you know what i'm leaving yeah <laughs> it's like trying to squeeze into the smallest closet in your house with your girlfriend or your wife or your whoever um that would be just be i can't even imagine doing that with my wife and uh, yeah and and but but I I did it with my friend Hannah for a month, without ever talking to anybody else or having anybody else around except her, and uh, to be able to still talk to that person is pretty impressive. I think. Well, so, you know, like part of it too is just it's just out of virtue of the fact that you have no choice. I mean, if once your mind gets over the barrier that you're not going anywhere, you know, if you take away the the option of like there's no option of like leaving during that time, you know? And so when you take away that, then you you realize, I think you realize probably in that situation is it's more trouble than it's worth to really create argument because this is your only ally in that situation, you know? 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I really agree with that, though, because I've been on boats where there's nowhere to go and people hate each other. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they just don't talk to each other at all. Um, and on this, you know, there's only two of us on the boat and we're kind of both responsible for looking after the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we did a good job of, of looking after each other and keeping each other's spirits up That's um, great. To, to keep on keeping on, you know? That's great. You what know, does, uh, Tex, is there anything you can, can you draw from that? Um, as, you know, what I was thinking when they were talking about, like, when the sail went down, um, I mean, you guys got to jump out into the water to kind of... Yeah, no, we pulled it back into. You're gonna to have to get out of the boat, right? We pulled it back on the boat from the boat. Okay. It's just well, a hell of a task. Like uh, Tex was telling us some of the stories that he did. He went and uh, went down to Tampa with uh, another great coach, and um, I was thinking of Tex's love for water, right? <laughs> love for love. water. What do you think, Tex? Could if you were in that situation? You're going to jump out into the water, say, say if you had to, or you're going to sit on the boat? Well, I'm, uh, hold on guys. I'm having trouble connection. Um, I'm a terrible swimmer. Uh, I definitely would be, my question is, were y'all wearing life vests? Uh, at the time, probably not. Okay. Well, I would first off be wearing life vest the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was that psychology discomfort and then a lot of drown proofing proofing basically every other kind of calm down drill that you might think of is focus on your breath well this takes your breath away and then focus you forces you to concentrate absolutely on the stress you have nothing else to think about but the lack of oxygen and being 12 feet deep underwater Luke knows what I'm talking about yes um, but at the bottom line, if, if it's my goal to finish that race, if it's my goal to compete and I have no choice but to go in, I'll go in. And I mean, I don't know, is my life on the line? Uh, yes. It could be. Yeah. Well, so, I see you swim text. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I, I'd send Hannah in the water and I'd help her from the boat pull the, uh, pull the sail in. Right. Well, Ron, you guys do any kind of training like that? Um, like what he was saying as far as what would you call drown proofing? And no, we yeah. try we try and avoid going near the water. But uh, I I nearly lost Rob in the water. We were fairly early on in the race when it's still cold, and we were in really serious weather and sailing really really fast, um, doing like twenty five knots, which doesn't sound very fast, but on a sailboat that's pretty fast. And uh, the the autopilot was driving because I was having to do some do some work in the cockpit, and Rob was at the front of the boat, and we surfed down this probably thirty plus foot wave, and uh, the autopilot couldn't quite keep up, so the boat turned the wrong way and did oh, no. what's called rash jibe, so it ends up pinned right on its side in a really bad situation. Because Rob was on the front of the boat, thank God he's really really tall, because he managed to kind of as the boat sort of flipped over on its side to to grab something and hang on um but for a minute like the boat goes on its side and i'm just looking around and i look forward and i'm like she was rob and thankfully i saw a, a pair of boots dangling and uh, <laughs> still attached to rob i was like okay he's still there it's good get the boat upright then go get rob yeah yep wow 
Did Very exciting. Did y'all do any kind of uh, mental exercises to prepare yourself for the stressful situations, the cramping, being close to each other, anything outside of physical training? I, I think with just the training, I, I mean, Hannah and I both have been sailing for quite a while and we've got a lot of miles. Um, and I think that's just comes from experience. Um, I, I hear you on the, you know, the, the kind of mental training and whatnot, but all the mental training that I've done is really just kind of suffering through other sailboat races and, and sailing um, lots of miles. I mean, between me and Rob, we've sailed over half a million miles. So that's quite a lot of sort of training right there. Sure. Damn. Is there anything you would tell a younger version of yourselves to kind of expedite that mental toughness process? Yeah, get a real job. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think really um, you got to make sure that you're doing what you really want to do. Um, you know, if you're not if you don't own it and you're not full on all the time when you're out there, you can only hurt yourself or someone else. Um, and so I think if, if you if this is really the kind of thing that you want to get into. Um, you get into it, but there's only, you can't be halfway in. You can only, you get, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. Out. Um, once you decide that, then you can start doing the, you know, tens of thousands of miles every, every year and, and you get the training and, and learn what you need to learn. <clears throat> how did, um, how did the new, like the nutrition go through those 30 days. Um, like I kind of remember talking about like you guys um, were growing vegetables on the boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I know if John would have been here, he could have really like dive into the, uh, the nutrition part. But um, I mean, these up, these uh, Luke Kelly and um, texts have a good knowledge of nu nutrition as well. But how did that all work out? I mean, that was that fine. Did you we, guys drop like 20 pounds, you know, or? No, we did a lot better this time. I mean, I've done transatlantics before where in like 18 days I've lost sort of 14 pounds in weight. And I don't really have 14 pounds of weight to lose. So um, this time we we obviously, all of, most of our meals were all freeze dried. We took a lot of like jerky and biltong and stuff like that to get protein. Uh, my mom made us a ton of what we call flapjacks. I know sometimes some place in the UK don't call them flapjacks. What would you call them, Rob? Would you? Call um, them? They're kind of like they're like granola brownies. You know, they were pretty tasty. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like oats and honey, but chewy. You okay. Know? Like, all right. Pretty so we're tasty. trying to work food. on taking stuff that would supply sort of lower release energy and not eat so much kind of just grab chocolate bars and get immediate sugar highs and then big sugar lows and obviously there still is a, a need for that when you're out there racing but we tried to keep it more balanced and a bit more sort of all around because it's easy to just lack some serious nutrients particularly protein because we have no cooking facilities apart from boiling water right yeah i was curious to how um like it would perfect your performance you know your quick decision making um, judgments, stuff like that. Uh, Rob, you remember Luke telling you about bring, chugging some olive oil? I do. Did you I do? do? We, we brought some olive oil on board and um, I, my insides were working pretty well. 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I don't, I, I think I'm a capful more than a chug. But, yeah, that's um, about right. But yes, I do recall, and I, I've, I've, I've brought that into my, uh, my, my sailing uh, kit. I, I make sure that I have a little bit of olive oil on board all the time now. What uh, and then you guys were talking last time about losing 20, 30 pounds uh, throughout the deal. What was your body composition afterwards? Did you, did you guys suffer the same type of um, deterioration, I guess? I lost some. I don't remember what you told me, Han. I lost like 12 pounds. So I weigh about 210, um, but I don't have 12 pounds to lose. I'm six foot six and I weigh 210. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really have a whole lot. No. I think I lost maybe eight or nine pounds. So that was not as bad as it has been before. And we, oh. if, we, if the race had gone on much longer, we would have started to get into trouble because we were starting to get low on food. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of planning and let, you know, you're out at sea. There's not, not much to help you out. Yeah. There's no McDonald's to stop at. Yeah, no uh, drive throughs you know, No drive throughs So, um, but what we, we went out, what we have, we, when we, when we arrived, the, the French race organizers made us, we had steak as soon as we hit the dock. They bought us uh, eight steaks. Eight steaks. <laughs> and eight steaks. Eight steaks per person? Oh, okay. <laughs> but they were fairly decent size. I was impressed. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty good. We had, so we had some red meat and, uh, um, yeah, it was nice. It was a, it was a good, good, uh, good first meal on land. Some beers and I went from sober to drunk to hungover within an hour. Instantaneous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bit depressing. Oh man, that's accelerated adaptation. I think that. Happened. <laughs> um, I have a question. Uh, so outside of sailing uh, competitively, do you guys play any sports or um, just recreationally for fun? I'm okay. a basketball guy. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so do you? How often do you play basketball then? Um, you know, I play generally when I'm home in like a town league. Um, mm-hmm. uh, once in a while when I'm away, I'll play a pickup game. Okay. Um, but not, not that often. Um, okay. this, the sailing takes up an awful lot of time. Sure. How about you, Hannah? Is CrossFit kind of, uh, been that sport for you or do you play any other sports besides that? Uh, no, it's just all CrossFit now. I haven't got time to do anything else. Like in the winter, I'll go snowboarding for a little sure. bit, but, um, it's usually only like a week um, because that's all the time I can get away. But yeah, CrossFit's taken up all my uh, spare sporting time now, which is cool. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. Just curious. So, so what's next in store for uh, for you guys? Is like when I guess would be your next race, or are you just doing the one race a year? I can't imagine. Oh like, no. Maybe you I just finished a race um, and you can Google it. If you Google it and look at, I just finished a race in Newport. Um, We started in Charleston. It's called the Atlantic cup. It's actually Juliana's um, event. And uh, we raced from Charleston to New York city and then New York city to Newport. And then we were doing inshore racing in Newport. Um, That was just like three weeks, two weeks ago. Um, And we were winning and we hit a rock um, with the boat. Yeah, which was a bad, it was a bad day. Um, 
But uh, the next thing for me is Newport to Bermuda. Um, Newport, Rhode Island to Bermuda, um, double-handed on another class 40. I'm doing it with a guy this time instead of a girl. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got a couple more events. What are you doing, Han? Um, I'm getting about ready to do the Newport to Bermuda race, but I can't sail it because uh, it's in the amateur class, so I'm not allowed to go. Um, but then uh, my next events will all be in the Mediterranean, various events over the summer, which should be fun. And then another transatlantic at the end of the year from Lanzarote in the Canary Islands over to Grenada in the Caribbean. Wow. And then is all this uh, done under 11th hour? No, these are no. separate now. Oh, okay. What's the sunblock situation like in, in these races? Do you guys have to wear, I'm just curious, do you guys have to wear a ton of sunblock? Uh, yeah. Pretty much, but I'm very fussed <laughs> about the sunblock that goes on my face. Like I'm strictly Clarins on my face. Otherwise sure. it get really spotty and disgusting, but that's the problem. Like for a race like the TJV, when you're out there for 30 days and probably 20 days of it, you're in sun Yeah. So, and you can't have a shower. So by the time you've finished slapping on sunscreen for 20 days, your skin's pretty clogged up. It's pretty yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. That awesome. Uh, yeah, sorry for the superficial questions. It's just these are the little things that you know you you don't think about, but are necessary, I suppose. I should probably wear more sunblock. You know, I, 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 it's nice to sail with a girl, and they always give you a little elbow and go, "Did you put your sunblock on today, Rob?" Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> somebody. I need a little looking after. You know. Trouble. Well, yeah. you're right when you get all sun ravaged and rugged looking. Yeah. I know, but ruggedly handsome, though, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, but there's a fine line between ruggedly handsome and old catcher's mitt, you know? Agreed, agreed. <laughs> I think I'm on the good side still. I, I, don't, I don't really know. We call that the Clooney side. The Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> did did y'all have any uh, problems with the water you packed? What was the water situation? Urine. <laughs> water roll? <Yeah. laughs> we... Well, we had a we had a water maker. We have a water maker on board, oh, so it makes right. water from uh, from seawater. Oh. Um, so that and that worked fine. And we did have some spare emergency water in case uh, in case that didn't work. Um, the problem with yeah. the water maker water is that as it gets hotter and hotter and the sea's hotter and hotter, all you want is a cold drink. But you're getting water that's the same temperature as the sea, so it's like 25 degrees. Oh, eight, 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 not ideal. It's a hot toddy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. Um yeah, it worked it worked out it worked out okay. We we did fine with the with the water and we had some, you know, some electrolyte stuff to put in it. Um, you know, and change the flavors a little bit and that kind of thing to make it a little bit easier to handle. You guys see any weird marine life while you're out there? Pink uh, jellyfish. Yeah, right, just kind of Chilling out, and all of a sudden, the freaking whale comes up, and oh yeah, that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Sharks and dolphins and tunas and does that uh, sort of scare you guys? Whales are scary. If you're going mm -hmm. fast and you're near whales, because if we hit them, then uh, both parties are going to come off bad. Yeah. yeah. And they're bigger than the boat, most of them, so pretty scary. Ugh. So outside of your guys' turmoil during during this race, were there any other teams that uh, suffered that suffered yeah. similarly? Yeah, there was worse? a couple boats that didn't finish that quit and didn't you know that that had a problem and quit. 
Um, and uh, there was a couple boats that had some other problems that did finish. But, uh, yeah, there's a, several boats that uh, had some issues that couldn't make it to the finish line. Probably um, weren't falling CrossFit, obviously. Yeah, and they weren't as <laughs> mentally tough as we are. You, know? you guys just kind of drive by them and... And maybe uh, you, offer some assistance, or you just go by, maybe moon them. Yeah, you know, it's a little. Point. It's not quite like NASCAR, you know. Like you, know, you, if you're more than a couple miles away, you don't get to see the other boat, you know. Yeah. Um, so, okay. It's worth the trip, though, you know. But I would, I would moon them on the way past. For the record. Ha ha. Yeah. Spike the ball. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Wow. You get a mature conversation going. On. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, we're we're almost where are we at. We we got about ten more minutes left, but we appreciate you guys coming on and joining us. Um, are you? Do you plan on doing the TJV again in 2014, or the, the next one's 2015? Maybe get together in 2015. In, I would definitely do a sailboat race again with Hannah. I think that um, in the this time we we kind of we got our campaign together really quick, and I think that if we had some serious time to plan and um, you know enough money to charter a, a a boat and and all that stuff, and we could really put a good plan together, um, I would totally do it again. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I think I can handle her for another 30 days, no problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We're going to have a, a repeater, repeater race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I was a guarantee. I, I just said that I would do nope, it. No, yeah, no, that was it. We're already, we're, we're amassing sponsors, sponsors right now. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, you come up with some sponsors, I'll go wherever you want. There you go. <laughs> cool. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much. Hey, no, no thanks for having us. This is fantastic. All right, so we got to, we do have a couple of listener questions and then a couple updates. So, Callie, do you want to go with updates first or questions first? Yeah, uh, I'll do a quick update just um, for any Power Athlete listeners. I know we've had tons of questions regarding the Power Athlete Team Series, and uh, we're going to do a formal announcement tomorrow. So, when the site switches over at four, um, everything's going to go up for the details on registration for the Power Athlete Team Series 2014. Uh, we're super stoked on it, and um, I'm sure it's going to stoke a lot of uh, conversation in the coming weeks on, you know, our Power Athlete HQ site among the members and uh, among Facebook um, followers. So, so look for that tomorrow, and uh, I will look forward to all the questions that go along with it. Nice. And then, uh, I guess before the show, Denny, we were kind of just chatting on things to update on. So we got Pat's coming out. Uh, we got some new shirts out. So if you haven't visited the store lately, check it out. And right now it's still on store.crossingfootball.com. All that's going to get pushed over here. Hopefully in the next uh, couple of months, we're going to have everything get migrated into Power Athlete with some site updates. Um, Texas Seminar. Yeah, and then uh, this weekend, John and I are heading out to Austin. It's still not too late to to sign up. We're going to be at CrossFit Central and, uh, you know, doing our thing, putting on the show. And then after that, we're going to hop over to London. Tex and I are going to be in the U.K. putting on a seminar there for another 30 or so people. Again, both, uh, both still have some spots open, so sign up and get it going. Robin. I uh, I got one more question for Robin Hanna. Music. Did y'all just bring a little boombox along or how'd it go down? 
We had a little speaker for um, the iPod and the iPad uh, that worked on Bluetooth. So it was kind of nice. So, you know, whatever we had loaded up, we could we could bring the speaker outside um, and listen to whatever. Hannah, Hannah likes uh, some of the things that I like and some of it not so much. <laughs> I think um, you like, like You just don't want to admit it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like 10 years older than Hannah is, give or take. So, um, you know, some of the new pop top 40 kind of stuff is really not my thing. Uh, What's your thing? Like, hey, I'm a Rolling Stones guy. Stones. I like the Stones and the Who and I, I like a few. I like Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Uh, you know. <laughs> It's hard to keep that that level of arousal though. Like if you were to play Rage for a thirty days straight, that'd be that'd be that'd be hard to keep that level of arousal. But yeah, thank God neither of you. <laughs> thank God neither of you brought like a harmonica because I swear I'd murder someone. <laughs> uh, I don't think I would enjoy listening to somebody play the harmonica. No, um, not at all. Steel drums, forget it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh, geez. Right. Any plugs? Anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, I want to plug Hannah Jenner. Hannah has been doing a good job of uh, doing some video stuff, and she's working for what? Are you, who are you working for, Han? Boat, <laughs> Boat.com or something like that? Yep. Um, so she's doing a great job, and and um, yeah, that's what, that's what was the plug. site? What was the site again? Uh, Boats.com. Boats.com. I in a blog for them and some videography stuff because I'm getting into sort of filming. So nice. Yeah. All right. We'll have. Yeah. I'm going to Google it right now. And the Newport Bermuda race starts on June 20th. I'll be on Griffin Solo 2. And uh, you can check it out online. I'm sure there's a there's definitely a race tracker. And um, and Hannah's boat will be in there as well. Deray. So check nice. it out. We'll do. So, right. so now you guys, uh, you'll be racing against each other. Yeah, it's not the same class of boat. So. Okay. Well, I'm, not not allowed to go. Sail, I'm going on a plane, so I'm confident that I'm going to beat Rob to Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't be too tough. Excellent. So well, what questions do we have? Think. Well, I got some questions here, Denny. First one goes out to Tex. This is from Kojo, Tex. I, I am well aware. We're in contact here. I saw well, it. Tex, give me my GoPro back. Uh, assignment. You guys need to. So, Tex, what's your answer? Uh, I'm literally texted him as soon as I saw the question. I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go out tonight. We'll take care of it. We'll film. All right. Let's see. Okay. Don't worry so about that one was easy. All right. Um, I'm gonna pop down one. Uh, so Roke Corona is asking us, can you give us any more information on the upcoming Big Monkey program? Uh, any more information than I'm not sure what your base level of understanding of the program is yet, Roke, but sure. Here's another recap of what it's going to be. Tons of volume for the advanced fitness athlete. Um, the, in terms of prerequisites and equipment requirements or anything like that, uh, that's not something I can really push out yet, but... A good place to start would be Field Strong. So if you can follow Field Strong with extra credit every day and uh, you're feeling like you need more, like a lot more, then that's what you're going to get out of Big Monkey. Uh, so it's going to be 
But if you don't even have the time, yeah, for instance, yeah, and it's you know it's going to be pr- roughly a three to four hour commitment per day, five to six days a week, uh, and then uh, two out of those six, maybe even seven days, is going to be like a, a potentially ninety minute recovery, uh, steady state type of movement, whether it's open water swimming or uh, pool swimming or stationary bike or something like that, but. Uh, it's going to prepare you for multi-event days and it's going to be, it's going to have that seasonality catered to kind of the CrossFit open and CrossFit regionals and CrossFit games. So you'll see something like that come out in a while, but uh, I guess what, uh, what I would suggest is if you're a multi-wad per day athlete and have a spare four hours to work, uh, this program's probably going to be for you. Uh, who it's not going to be for is going to be, uh, let's say, the athlete who like, needs movement substitutions or needs to understand how they can get a four-hour program done in 30 minutes. Yeah. Because that's what we run into for the majority of of the athletes. I mean, we can say that all we want, but there's still going to be that person. Yeah, it's and, like, uh, and it, d- hey, there's going to be no support for that. For yeah, those types no. Of two days a week, and I have 40 minutes, and I have a barbell and two five-pound plates. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. Yeah, so th- there's some more information on that. And, you know, what you're going to see in there is uh, it's going to be pull, uh, pull-centric. We're going to have to get some overhead stability and endurance involved, and you have to be very competent in the skill, uh, the skill work. So... Uh, there's a little more on the big monkey program in terms of launch date or whatever you're you're if you're looking for when it's gonna pop out uh it's still really in development and we're we got to figure out what exactly it's gonna look like and how we're gonna take a lot of the programming that we've already uh tested and and determine what's gonna be the most effective way to put this thing in so there's the update on that and then the last question we have here is from Rob Alexander, which he doesn't really give me a lot of detail, so I'm not really sure how I'm going to answer this. But uh, he says, can you provide me with more info regarding the Talk to Me Johnny article, CFFB 488, for those of us who follow as closely as possible, but are closer to 50 years than 40 years? I'm assuming 50 to 40 is age. I don't know exactly what you're following, because uh, are you following the CrossFit Football 488? Or are you following CrossFit Football.com? Or perhaps you're following Field Strong or another program? The question's kind of vague. Yeah, and I need to know a little more info, like uh, you know, what specifically you're training for. Are you a field sport athlete? Are you trying to attack a specific lift? Um, what are your expectations out of your training? Are you trying to maximize gains in a specific discipline of lifting, like Olympic lifting or powerlifting? I need to know that stuff. Uh, but if you want to know more about the program, uh, I'm going to post the article and basically you do, you follow the instructions. Um, you know, you have four workouts splitting upper and lower volume and intensity. And what we're really trying to regulate is volume because with our older athletes, we find that volume in terms of your volume and training your barbell lifts is just, is it's harder to recover from. So we, that's how we partition the days. So you got your lower intensity, uh, your upper volume, your upper intensity, and your lower volume. Um, I, I guess I'm not sure how to kind of dive into that anymore, but the objective of the program is to keep you in the gym and keep you fresh enough to train four out of your seven days a week, uh, with one of those days being kind of like uh, your mobility work, your your ruck hikes, your swims, and your stretching. 
So that's the objective in terms of like going in and uh, walking out the other end across a master's athlete. That's not the objective of the program. It's to keep you training, keep you healthy, keep you strong and minimize detraining as you age, just because the, the biomarkers and physiological factors that allow you to train like uh, testosterone, other sex hormone, uh, just your resiliency fades with age. And we're trying to temper that. So I guess if you're having trouble following it and you're still feeling like you're getting your shit kicked in, uh, when you select your volume days, select lower sets and lower reps and see if that helps. Any, I don't know, Tex or Cali or Denny, if you haven't, you guys have I, It just yet? sounds like he has like a specific issue or something that he's, uh, not telling us like, it sounds it sounds like he he has a specific like roadblock or something that he wants to discuss, but he didn't say what it was. Yeah. So so Rob, I need some specifics from you, amigos. Uh, we got I know we're on like a thirty second delay, but maybe he'll pop back and we can address that little guy. Yeah, I would just I mean back in the days when I just followed like CrossFitFootball.com and you know when I'm forty, if if I was just feeling beat to shit, I would just take a day off, you know, do some mobility. Maybe I didn't get enough new, you know, enough sleep or my nutrition wasn't the greatest. And then I would just come back the next day. And that, that's what that's what usually helped me um, be successful on a on a program like CrossFit football. And I could, you know, knock out four or five days a week. So I would just say when you start to feel like you beat the shit, take a day off. Mm -hmm. So Tex. Uh, I mean, if honestly, he has any more detailed questions and if that didn't cover it just shoot us an email right and info at crossfootfootball.com and we can all knock it out take a stab at it or or just some i mean because he's you know it's a squeaky wheel type deal if he can also go on to uh our contact portion of the webpage at power athlete and submit a question and i think what i'm going to do is well well unless he's uh, you know maybe pretend he's not a member but uh, i'm also going to start up a power athlete radio forum or uh, there can be just additional dialogue about each episode and stuff like that. So those of our, our members at Power Athlete HQ, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start up a little Power Athlete forum. Denny, I know we talked about that on email and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. So just to buy some time, and because Callie threw up three lobs on I the did. story, and I didn't jump on it. Tex, get this. Denny. Get this. Listen, I'm listening. Linda. Okay. And for anybody who, let's say, is looking for legitimate training advice, this is where the bullshit starts. This so you can tune out. Okay? Yeah. Oh, so all the complaints, uh, AKA two, we've gotten about the podcast being about superfluous information that nobody gives a shit about. You're going to want to stop listening now. But if you want a good story. Hell yeah. Here it comes. So we've uh, we've, we've put a regimented training schedule that, in at Power Athlete HQ that is mandatory-ish. And 8 a.m., you need to show up, and it's time to train. So, Tex, guess what yesterday was? Volume Day one. Squat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we both missed it. Well, so, we start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday was volume squats, bench, and then open water swim. Oh, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> So we go down to the beach, and uh, we st as soon as we stick our toes after in the our water, little after our little get up sticks are a little bit shaky. You know, and uh, it's cold. I mean, I'm probably water temperature is 65. It felt colder than that. It, it had it had to be like 60. It was 
fucking cold. It wasn't that bad, but Callie was like in for a rough day because she forgot her goggles. She had fins on that Ethan bought, lent her that were way too big. And uh, and I was ready. I was just ready to kind of go out. We were going to swim, kind of like uh, past the break because there's people surfing and then tread water for maybe five, 10 minutes. Let the, let the tide bring us in and then swim back out float in, swim back out, maybe like three, yeah, three swims, like two minutes expenditure or something like that, just to kind of move. So we get out there, Callie's straggling behind Shut and she's like, she's like, I was acclimating to the temperature. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and so she's like, why am I so afraid? I feel like there's a shark. What is that? What is this? And it's like, just like Kemp leaves, you know? Meanwhile, I live at the beach. <laughs> well, anyways, let me get to the story. So there I am. We're surrounded by great white sharks, maybe 10 of them, right? And I'm fighting these things off, punching them, poking them in the eye, all okay, the things I've heard. We're treading water. We start the, the, the water starts to bring us in a little bit closer. And uh, I remember Ethan saying, I was saying, hey, how deep are we? He's like, I don't know. And he drops down. He comes, pops right back up two seconds later. He's like, oh, we're like six at feet. six feet right now. So, so I'm treading water and it brings us into five foot 11 and I get stung by a fucking stingray in the bottom of my foot. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Stung by a stingray. Yes. And I'm like, I knew what happened. I could even see it with my mind's eye, this enormous, deadly, ferocious stingray coming after me mm -hmm. and stung me right in the center of my foot. The old, the bees of the ocean, yeah. as I call them. That turns out that's exactly what it feels like, <laughs> an enormous bee. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I, I'm like, Ethan, I think I just got stung by a stingray, which Ethan's our intern and he's basically lives in, like he's Mr. Nature, yeah. Mr. Beach, snorkels. And he's like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. I'm like, ah, you know, and basically- I was like, when do I pee on it? Yeah, so I get out, I'm like, so what do we do? We pee on it, what goes on? So we swim in and uh, Callie runs and like the whole lifeguard thing happens. The lifeguard comes over and he looks at me and uh, he's like, where's the pain? on a threshold of one to 10, which is also what Callie asked me. And I think it was like six it's or seven. It's a standard question. Like a six or seven, but like, what really is 10? Dude, a six or seven is pretty high. And I knew when Luke said six or seven, that this was like pretty like serious. So he could, he could barely walk. Yeah, I couldn't put pressure on it. And it felt like, uh, have either of you ever stepped on a nail? Yeah. I have stepped on a nail. Yeah. Okay, so you know, like if you are, let's say 12 years old, don't want to tell your parents, step on a nail and it gets super infected. Yeah, like, clusters. Yeah, so it felt exactly like that, but a little bit worse because it was almost like who doesn't tell their what are your parents gonna be mad? Because we were breaking windows in this house, it was just yeah. Fire. I remember yeah. doing it, climbing through like a basement window. I wasn't supposed to, so yeah, yeah. I know what Luke's talking about. <laughs> but it was like immediately like that, and then that that pain starts to kind of go up in your ankle and calf. And this guy comes over and he's like, I don't think it's a stingray because I've seen bodybuilders get stung by stingrays, and uh, they're basically crying as soon as their girlfriends turn the corner or something like that. Remember that? Yeah, like, no, I I remember it, but it was more like. I've seen body. I've seen bodybuilders get like stung. Like <laughs> this is a total California uh, lifeguard. He's like, yeah, you'd be fine. Just like so. so. <laughs> they they take a so they have the whole guy cart me off, which actually probably was better because I couldn't. I, I told you it would have been a struggle to walk. I that told one. you. And uh, they the cure is you stick your foot in boiling hot water. Yeah. Because apparently the stingray injects a protein that is denatured and like 
sterilized. I don't know that's not the right terminology, uh, yeah, but it's denatured and cooked neutralized in, and neutralized, neutralized in in like hot water. So I'm Callie lives right across the street. So we go over there and she's got like all these different little containers I'm trying to fit my foot into. None of them. Long work. story short, girls have miniature everything. <laughs> like no five gallon bucket, no no retention bucket if you have to like change a pee trap. Like nothing. I bring out like a water bottle. I'm like, can you fit your foot in here? But uh so it sucked. So, Damn, dude. That's a story. How's it now? Uh, it's just, it just feels swollen, but. How's your vagina? It's swollen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a you need a sub for this weekend in Austin? No, That's just, what I already asked. I'm gonna have John do all the uh, warm ups. Hilarious. <laughs> but uh, no, it uh, the I'll tell you what, like sticking your foot in boiling hot water is not was not much better. <laughs> Like I felt like my toes were just going to singe off and then, uh, but there's one more, one more element to the story. So go, like p- dog piling on Callie is like, yeah, man, like looks like a stingray guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, the other lifeguard who drives me back is like, Hey bro, I'm going to have to write this report up. So I have to get some info. I'm like, all right. Like, so I'm like waiting for a clipboard to come out and fill out a form. He's like, what's your name? I'm like Luke. I was like, how old are you? Like 31? He's like, all right, that'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, what type it's of like, reports are you writing up? Reports over. <laughs> I don't know why. And that was the extent of it. He didn't write it down. I don't even think he was making eye contact with no. you when you said that. Anyway, that's a story. Crazy. I know. I was so hoping that, like, it would get to the point where Luke couldn't move any of his lower limbs, like they'd be paralyzed, <laughs> and then there'd be this heroic girl, fireman carrying the sky, or possibly a large woman because of his <laughs> long hair. <laughs> yeah, but it never came down to that. In anyway. hindsight, it's pretty anticlimactic. Well, the 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 whole moral of the story is that I'm never getting in the ocean again. I'm ready. I'll go today. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> Well, um, well, I, I think Callie, since you can't get in the ocean, maybe you should get in an ice bath. Yes, oh. I know. I need, I need someone to film it though. I literally, oh. my roommate, I swear, my roommate is out of town. I think it's uh-huh. weird. It's super. It, my roommate's out of town. It's super weird if I'm like, hey, Luke, come film me, and I'm just gonna get in my I'll own bath. iPhone and yeah, set it up like this. Okay, okay. What's an iPhone? <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I will take. You know, dude, it's like uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a kind of a bad California stereotype. That's right. I already know. I already know the three people I'm gonna call out, so I'll take care of it today. Just, uh, I, I've totally slacked on that. That's a complete oversight. I did pay. I did pay up though, but I'm excited to call out my three peeps. So I'll go grab some ice, and I need to take care of that ASAP. Yeah, <laughs> we've uh, we've taken over Australia. We are completely crushing it and we're at five thousand and five dollars and just that is uh, awesome. I, I got in the ice a week and a half ago so that's amazing that's cool dude and we um, we selected we selected the study that we're gonna fund which is pretty exciting and I'll um, I'll put that in I'll email it to Luke for the show notes so you can actually see where um, your money's follow. going yeah, which is I think is uh, just a game changer for us in Wade's army. Beautiful, awesome. That's awesome, dude. I mean, kudos to you for all the efforts, you know, to everybody really. But 
That's right. I'm gonna get. I gotta. I'll get in the cold, cold bath then today. I'll probably stay in. One of my callouts do it. Carl's the only one who stepped up to the plate. Freddie dropped the ball. Did you? Which, we should mention that uh, next episode, Power Athlete Radio episode 59, we're gonna have Freddie and China on. Yay! Yes. China Cho, re- recent game games qualifier. Beautiful. Yeah, China kicked ass. I'm sure everybody knows about it. There'll be some other exciting news that they'll announce. So uh, get ready for episode 59. Yeah, it's gonna be, dude. Those guys, they're so cool. And like, I, I guess I don't know if every if they're that popular or I just like I'm friends on Facebook with everyone that they're friends with. They are. But they were they were peppered all over my little Facebook deal. And uh, just pictures of like China celebrating, China's dad, who's also awesome. Mr. Cho is super cool. Uh, like he, he takes on average 390 photos per minute at the CrossFit <laughs> events. And uh, but uh, no, that's going to be good. I'm excited to, to connect with those guys. So there were some great pictures. You know, it just, and I don't know if you saw his post before that, but he kind of put a post out there like, you know, unless you really are like a games level athlete, you know, the like the preparation for that, this huge emotional drain or I don't know if drain's the right word that it puts on you. I mean, strain. Like strain. strain. thank you. It seemed like there was like, a, you know, the nerves were like getting to those guys. And I'm just glad it all really worked out. And yeah, you can honestly, see all that one picture where he's giving her a big hug, you can just see it on his face like. Yeah, and that's what I was going to base my next comment off of. I think the only thing worse than having to psychologically prepare for the CrossFit Games is having to watch your watch your girlfriend psychologically yeah. prepare for the fucking regionals, man. Uh, like I can, I just can't. I think you become a punching bag, a sounding board, the number one person to console. Like you, you probably have to wear all these different hats, and I mean, I, you could just see that. And you know that Freddie supported her like for the last three or four years in this thing where she's kind of gotten jammed up just right right on the cusp there. So it's exciting to see her go. So yeah, it's gonna be a great show. I cool. think that's it. All right, boys. See you Good next show. week. Yeah, right, take care. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.